Tessa Blanchard, and you're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. I think I got tongue tied in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the only one that's done that. Cliff Compton, we had to do like 16 takes to get Cliff Compton to try to say it right, and he never did. So. All right, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. This is Tessa Blanchard, and you're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Perfect. Welcome to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. We ought to just change the name of the show to the Caleb Conley Show. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. I don't sign autographs, I'm not, and, I, and I very, very rarely take pictures with people, but if people insist oh. in their nights, then, then I'll do that, so... And the lovely Laura. I am a true and total lady. I would never headbutt anybody. from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. I am your co-host, Bunkhouse Bob. Joining me in just a moment, as always, will be the lovely Laura. Folks, we have a really great show for you tonight. Our studio number is 213-816-1605. Joining us tonight will be Trans-South Wrestling promoter and sometimes manager Derek Vanderford will be with us. And also joining us will be a participant in this month's Queens of Combat 3 show that will be held at Ziggy's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on November the 30th, looking uh, forward to speaking to Jesse K. Folks, I know that the polar vortex has gripped the nation, and I know that our listeners in Casper, Wyoming, where it is 26 degrees below zero, I know they've grabbed an extra blanket tonight, and they've tuned into the show to hear two great guests two great co-hosts, two glasses of sweet tea, and all the nonsense that you can handle. Folks, if you'd like to uh, follow us on Twitter, you can do that. Our Twitter address is at from the armory. We would ask that you would uh, check out uh, our partners, if you will, in this venture. If you'd make your way to www.fnxnetwork.com. Our stream can be heard there for our overseas listeners. They also have some really cool blogs and some other cool shows on there, so we'd ask that you would check them out. We would also ask that you would check out www.sslclothing.com, where you can find a multitude of shirts, including our own show shirt, the Live from the Armory show shirt, as well as shirts by other or for uh, other wrestlers, Caleb Conley, Cedric Alexander, John Schuyler, Legacy Line of Clothing, the list goes on and on and on and on. Without further ado, because she is the glue 
that holds the broken cup into place, the lovely Laura. Hey, Bob. How are you, girl? I'm doing just fine, and we got something in the mail today, didn't we? We sure did, folks. Uh, Put it out on social media, put it out on Twitter, put it out on my Facebook page. Just so happened before we uh, were getting ready to go on airtime, I thought I heard a commotion out front. And I go out there, and the delivery truck is out there, and the gentleman hands me a package, and I run inside, and lo and behold, I rip it open, and my live from the Armory T-shirt has arrived. So I immediately message Laura, and I say, my show shirt has just arrived. Did you get yours? And Laura texts back to me, yes, but I haven't opened it. What? <laughs> what? I was, I was, what? Look, I didn't I didn't even know it was there until I was told, hey, you got a package, and I was in the middle of eating, so sorry. Good Lord. I told her she was fired, but she's not really fired. She did open it up. Folks, the shirts look really, really cool. We would like to thank Patrick Price for all of his input and his help in the graphic design of that shirt. If you haven't seen the shirts, please go to www.sslclothing.com. Buy a shirt, help support the show. We would greatly appreciate it. And I've been sitting here talking about the polar vortex, Laura, and I've actually gotten my teeth to chatter. I mean, I live in the South, it's folks, cold. but the South is is not exempt from this. I believe that the low mm-hmm. temperature tonight is supposed to be 32. 32 <laughs> is cold for you. Cold, cold, and I am I'm cold now. So if my voice is wavering. Because I'm cheap, I haven't turned on the heat, but that's a whole other story. So oh, we're just going to have to listen to my. No, no. Why would I oh, do that? Lord. No. I've had it on at least a month. It was. I'm sorry, folks. We're not trying to digress into uh, you know uh, <laughs> the Weather Channel here, but I can tell you this much, folks. Just a day ago, it was 72 degrees here. And now, and now I think the high today was 45. So you do the math. It's freaking cold here. So at any rate, Laura, you want to uh, tell the folks about our Facebook page? Sure do. You can um, friend us on Facebook. Um, it's at uh, live.armory.nine. So we post a lot of good stuff. We post uh, matches of uh, upcoming guests. Well, I'll, you know, post something about a previous guest. Um, you know, you never can tell what uh, we'll post on there. So, uh, you know, get on Facebook and, and like us and all that good kind of jazz and uh, follow us along for the ride. Absolutely. Uh, got a lot of stuff to cover, folks, and we're going to have uh, Derek Vanford come on the show here in, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes or so, and, and we'll talk with him. Um, just last week, we talked about Red Dragon winning. Red Dragon winning. I can't even talk. My tongue's frozen. Red Dragon <laughs> winning the Super Junior Tournament. And now mm-hmm. they've won the IWGP Tag Titles in Osaka, Japan. They defeated the team of Alex Shelley and Kushida at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle event. Now, I put out on social media this past week, we talked about this. I don't know, two or three weeks ago on the show about 
Global Force Wrestling, joining forces with New Japan, and a certain pay-per-view being aired in America on January, I believe the 4th it is. And I think I even told you that Jim Ross was going to commentate that show. And what happened, lo and behold, this week? GWF announced. There you go. Super genius. There you go. It's not that I'm a super genius, folks. It just, this whole thing really just kind of blossomed in front of your own eyes, and it didn't take a whole lot to go from point A to point B to point C. Expect more things like this coming up, probably out of Australia. Probably out of Australia. That's my, that's, that's where I think this the next big event will be held at, but I'm not going to give anything away right now. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention, and I, and I saw this from uh, several pictures and posts that I got off of uh, social media this week, it would appear that after this past weekend's Wildcat Revolution Rumble show that we will see an interpromotional type of work between Wildcat Sports out of Metairie and Booker T's Reality of Wrestling in 2015. That should be pretty cool. Haven't seen a really good interpromotional feud for a while, and I think that there is enough talent in both of those promotions that they could carry this out probably for as long as what they wanted to do. If the fa- I mean, it was standing room only. If you saw any of the pictures from this event, there were over 800 people at this last Wildcat show. Big things oh, wow. happen in Metairie. Yeah, big things happen in Metairie. So might want to keep your eye Great open. Great Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple things, Bob. Uh, George Coles, George International Coles, that is, wants me to tell you that there's no heat needed in uh, Florida. It's 63 degrees right now. And that some guy suck, named George. Phil is, is going to uh, announce the uh, matches at GWF. That what? GF. Some guy named Phil. Some guy named Phil. I know Phil Brooks. <laughs> that seems to be the next hot button. Phil Brooks is going to help call the matches. I think Phil Brooks is too busy writing out dialogue for comic books. I know I don't, that. I do not believe that Phil Brooks will be co-commentating that show. I don't. I don't believe it. You never know. You never know. I, I don't um, believe it. You never know. You never know. But yeah. you know, George is being sunny, so. Right. Sixty-three know. degrees. I'm freezing my ass off here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know how that goes. Um, I know. I know. I. You know. I've. Um, Gotten some sad news on the uh, on Facebook this uh, past weekend. Um, what sad news? That um, Lance Lude, previous guest on the show, is retiring from wrestling. I did. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I I really and truly hate this uh, because Lance is such a great wrestler and such an inspiration. If you guys didn't hear 
our episode with Lance, go back in the archives, because it just seems like he has overcome everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a cancer survivor. It's just, his, his story is incredible, and I really hate that he's leaving wrestling. He was always, he's always such a great person to watch at PWX because his his looting and and just there's a there's an energy about him that I'm really really going to miss uh, at um, at PWX and a lot of people see him at CWF Mid Atlantic as well. Um, however, he has said that he will be at WrestleCade. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, and um, I haven't heard any different. He and Zane Riley are still going to take on the Brutes at FanFest, and as right. far as I know as well, he will be at uh, the PWX uh, iPay-Per-View Sunday, uh, November 30th, at um, at Ziggy's. So mm. that'll be two chances that um, I'll get to see him, and I really hate and re- want to wish Lance the best. And, and hopefully, if, you know, I'm thinking it's probably um, – maybe concussion related because he legitimately got knocked out by Ethan Case. Yeah, I know that there were won the Ultra J championship. Yeah, I know there were several comments on his post when he announced it and you know, he said that the reasons weren't important, you know, and yeah, his decision is his decision. You know, whether it's medical related or whether it's personal related, you know, whether it's personal you know, if he decides that, you know, now's the time, now's the time, you know. And, uh, you know, set aside his ring talent, his in-ring talent, uh, you know, he's just a, he's a quality individual. Cer- certainly will be missed, that, that that's for sure. Oh, yes, yes, most definitely. He was uh, one of the many reasons that I would go see PWX, because I knew Flint Slew was going to be on the card, I knew I was going to see a great match. Not that I don't see great matches anyway, but, uh, it was just, you know, one more guarantee uh, that it was going to be a great show. Uh, I want to talk about uh, UIW's first successful show in mm-hmm. uh, Greensboro this past Sunday. Uh, right. Attendance was pretty good, I hear, um, thanks to Jer Pope and, um, for giving us the play-by-play of the matches. And um, mm-hmm. Uh, the main event was pretty good, I hear. It was the first time ever uh, Trevor Lee versus uh, Mr. Elite Drew Myers. Yeah, and, I heard that that was a good match. Know, yeah, it, and I want to wish them well because I know how hard it is, uh, you know, trying to get a new promotion off the ground. Right. But, you know, want to wish them all the best of luck. You know, Wasa Wasa, uh Good luck. I think they're running again in a couple of months. They run like every three months or something like that. So, Right. But I also want to um, – uh, sorry, that was my Chewbacca from Your Twitter. Your Chewbacca ringtone, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bubbas were on national TV. And they were I'm on the so ROH TV. Yes. So happy that um, Ethan Case – and Elijah Evans were on Ring of Honor TV. Um, so proud. So proud mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Ring of Honor, you're missing out 
on a great tag team and a great manager in the Tommy Thomas. Mm-hmm. So you guys need to step up your game or do whatever, not not worst case scenario, but, you know, Ring of Honor, they need to, uh, as my grandfather would say, set up and take notice. Mm. Um, um, but, you know, I digress. No, no. Um, they had a good showing. Maybe it's just a question of time. Not if, but when. Right, and I did want to make mention that George Coles was on that episode, too, because he was screaming like a banshee for a worst-case scenario, and I don't think anybody else was, and people were looking at him like, what? But George they, thought crowd, it was another, they thought it was another intoxicated Ring of Honor fan waiting for the return of Matt Hardy and, uh, <laughs> you know, panned over and saw George and said, oh, that's just George Coles. George International Coles. Mm-hmm. But uh, also wanted speaking of Ring of Honor, um, they're saying I think what I read is that if you are a Ring of Honor star and you're under contract to Ring of Honor, you're not going to be able to appear in PWG in 2015. I read something on that too, and they the way it was the way that it was written, the way the language read to me was that because Ring of Honor is working in conjunction with other promotions, that it would not shine well for contracted workers to Ring of Honor to work for other promotions like PWG. Here's my gut feeling. Here's my gut feeling on this, and then I'm going to turn this over to you. My gut feeling on this is that this goes back to Michael Elgin. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's my gut feeling on this. They do not want a contracted Ring of Honor star, especially the Ring of Honor champion, going out to PWG and competing in a card, especially like a prominent card like Battle of Los Angeles, and losing in the first round when you're supposed to be on a national platform. That's what I think this really is about. But you can throw your Uh your two cents in on it, and, and I'll be right back. Okay, that, that's great because I've got some opinions from uh, from Mr. George Coles, or or some facts. Sorry, not opinions, but I'm trying to do about three things at the same time. So, um, as I normally do, um, but he is saying that it's only the top tier, I believe. Um, let me get to that. Sorry, folks, I'm only one person here, um, Mr. Joel. George International Cole says, um, oh, the PWG thing is only for the month Ring of Honor is in California. So I guess if Ring of Honor is paying for them to be out in California, they're not going to pay for that. Um, Can't say I blame them. And it's only a select few top-tier guys. So that's straight from Mr. Ring of Honor himself, Mr. George Cole. Um, I want to talk about some indie events coming up, folks. We have got CWF Mid-Atlantic. They present the Ultimate Survivor Saturday, November 15th, the 7.30 bell time at the Mid-Atlantic Sportatorium in Gibsonville, North Carolina. I've been to the Mid-Atlantic Sportatorium. It's a great little venue. Uh, CWF versus Evolution Pro Street. Evolution Pro, sorry, Steel Cage Warfare as Team Evolution Pro, led by Reed Bentley, will face... Team CWF, led by Eric Rule, with uh, 
battle cave implications on the line. I'm not sure what that means, but hey. Also scheduled to appear Rick Converse, Charlie Weston, Chase Dakota, Trevor Lee, Ethan Case, and many more. You can find out more information at www.cwf247.com. House of Hardcore 7, Saturday, November 15th from the old ECW Arena in South Philly. It's an iPay-per-view. Starts at 7 o'clock. Scheduled to appear, the Hardys, the Young Bucks, Austin Aries, Ethan Carter III, sounds like a TNA, whatever, Gail Kim and Tommy Dreamer, who will be accompanied by Beulah McGillicuddy for the final time. Might have to get that. More information at www.houseofhardcore.net. I can hear George chanting, chanting ECW all the way to Louisiana and back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, folks. Without any further ado, as booked, as billed, as promised, we would like to bring on the promoter of Trans-South Wrestling and sometimes manager, the incomparable Derek Vanderford. Hello. Derek, are you there? How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Well, you know, it's uh, we were given the weather report earlier. It's a little chilly here, but other than that, we're doing okay. How about you? Uh, same, same here. It's supposed to be getting chillier here in uh, good old Union, South Carolina, uh, home mm-hmm. of Trans South Wrestling. And, uh, but uh, but chilly for us isn't always chilly for everybody else. So you know. Yeah. That's true. It's, uh, it's That's all true. relative. That's right. Look That's up, right. Buttercup. Uh, <laughs> Laura, don't start over what? already, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no introduction needed on this end, folks. Uh, they've already, they've already, they've already exchanged the pleasantries. That's Derek, right. we're going to. That's right. Every month, <laughs> we're going to go on and get this started before it breaks down into something that we can't control. Uh, oh, that's what I was hoping was going to happen. Oh, is that Maybe what you? Maybe I can hang up now. <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, what? What are the? Look, before we get started, what are the limitations? I mean, uh, what? Can you say what you there, want, is dude. there anything that we're not allowed to talk about, or is there any certain language I'm not allowed to use, or? Uh, Brother, you're the one walking. You're what? You're the one walking across the bridge. All we do is provide the platform. All right. Okay. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Not, not uh, a problem. Lead, lead me across there. Wherever, wherever you want me to go, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, Derek. We'll lead you to the other side. We've done it with many, many folks. It's not, not, not an issue for us. Um, I trust you. I trust the hell out of you. The more, the more things change, uh, seemingly the more they stay the same, not only in life and in wrestling. But with that being said, what has been the biggest change for you since uh, for Trans South since it's been in business? Okay, uh, I really, and I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, or I don't want to sound like every promoter that you talk to, but we started April 2011, and mm-hmm. I honestly feel like we've been uphill. Uh, it's been it's been a, it's we've been going uphill or uh, for it, over three quarters of that time. During the first year, there was a little you know a little grace period, I guess, that first year. But but after after we got that first year under our belt, I feel like each show is better than the last. And uh, it's uh, there's been 
you know, I spent time managing for a long time before I started promoting, and I wrestled some, and I was on the road with a lot of different guys. So I, but you know, when I started running Trans South, I knew a whole lot of people already. You know, so I mean, I knew the kind of the kind of stuff we wanted, and I knew the kind of stuff that that our fans here would like. And mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, my deal with Trans South is I try to keep it a variety show. I don't want to be one of these shows where every single match looks exactly the same. And I see right. that a lot lately, a whole lot. So, so uh, but but I guess just changing. I mean, it's just trying to you know you look at the last show and you figure out what you can do to be better than that. You know, or you figure out where things you need to fix along the way and just try to, you know, fix them. And we've brought in some people I would consider experts, uh, a man who's like my brother. He gets mad at me a lot, but, you know, I've known him for 15 years. He's like my brother, Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. I haven't talked mm-hmm. to him lately, but, I mean, he spent a lot of time here with us and teaching guys, and he's a great teacher. He's a he's insane, you know, but uh, the only time that he is sane is in the ring. Uh, so he's he's great, and we've had Terry Funk here. We've had Tom Pritchard here uh, numerous times, uh, Ricky Morton. I mean, uh, just people that people that the knowledge that they have. It doesn't matter what style you wrestle, or it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't really matter what your gimmick is, or your style, or what you like or don't like. You can learn something from from these guys who know how to make money. So, Are you talking uh, about? And, go ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you're I, talking say, about I was going to say we just want to keep that going. We want to keep 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 that, you know, we don't want to lose that momentum. There's a lot of I've been talking to a lot more people that we want to come, you know, help have have it here and uh, get them to come help everybody out. I'm learning a lot, and so are all the guys. So. Well, you talked about different styles, and that kind of leads me right into my next question. When you have someone new, uh, or new to the promotion, I should say that you want to book right. for a show, what are, what are the factors or the criteria that you look for in that talent? Um, you know, as far as style goes, there are none. I mean, to me, good is good and bad is bad. You know, uh, to me, uh, if somebody wrestles, quote, I, I'm so, I know, I love Patrick and the T-shirts and, all, you know, and I'm not trying to knock anybody but I'm so sick of hearing strong style, you know, uh, you know, and I, uh, because people think to me, there's a lot of guys who are strong style that don't get credit for being strong style. I think Bruiser Brody was strong style. I think Wahoo McDaniel was strong style, you know, uh, they, you know, are strong, you know, Chris Benoit was certainly without a doubt, strong style. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of guys, but now people think strong style, that's not what you asked me, and I'll, we'll get off on that later. But uh, but what you, what I look for is just who's good. You know, um, the very first Trans-South that April in 2011, the best match on the card was Stony Hooker versus Cedric Alexander. And mm-hmm. I knew that was the first time I had seen Cedric live. I had only seen uh, footage of him. And I knew right then that this guy is exceptional and uh this was before ring of honor or any of that you know this was just cedric from charlotte i take that back it wasn't the first time i'd seen him because i had actually uh 
tagged. I'd actually wrestled against him in a tag match once, but that was mm-hmm. when he had, he was very, very, very new. What, so, what, what, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Did, did you just say that you wrestled? I I I used to wrestle. I used to go to the gym and I used to train and I used to. You wouldn't have known me. I had blonde hair and uh, it was uh, that was that was in a previous life of mine. But yeah, I t- I tag teamed with uh, Bobo Brazil Jr., who was another trainee from High Spots. Uh, Bobo and I tagged against Cedric and Manny Fernandez uh, at a at a infamous George South show. Okay. <laughs> Is there tape on this? Because I really want to see this. <laughs> I was the, the I, I can tell by your tone uh, what you're trying to say, and I was kicking Cedric's ass. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, he Cedric's grown up a lot since then. You know, <laughs> but that, you kicked his ass went, back then. He he wasn't kicking to kill shit back then. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so. But you know, he's, but 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 in, but in all in in all seriousness, when when you're a guy like me who's who's uh, who was average or fairly decent at best in the ring, uh, when you get in the ring with somebody who is exceptional, you can tell that. And there's only a few people that I've had the pleasure of being in the ring with who are like that. And uh, both of them were on that team that day. Manny, of course. It was a different style, very solid, and you know you've been in a match. And Cedric, who, who, it's hard to describe, but who flowed like a professional in the ring, you know. And he was, he hadn't been wrestling a year. I mean, you know, so, you know, somebody like him, you know, is really good. Uh, I think there are, he, he does some things uh, that I don't agree with uh, because he is that strong style and that kick to kill. And all that, and I'm afraid I'm going to step on a lot of toes because I know you guys like ROH, and I like ROH to a certain extent. But to me, um, and I, I'm trying to think of a name that I'm not that good of friends with uh, that I that I can that I can say I don't like their style uh, that I'm not ashamed. Okay, I think Roderick Strong is very overrated. Okay, and and the reason why. Is because uh, if you have to give somebody fifteen backbreakers or fifteen brainbusters, then you give a shitty backbreaker or a shitty brainbuster because you should only have to give them one, and they should have to go to the hospital. If you give them fifteen and then they kick out and then somebody wins with the roll up, well, you need a new move, buddy, because your backbreaker sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you have to give fifteen. If you have to give yeah. him 15 of them, I mean, it's, what the fuck? You know, if I give somebody a brain buster, their brain's going to be busted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> biggest, that's the biggest standing criticism of Ring of Honor. Too too fast, right. too, many, too many repetitive moves, over, you know, too many overkill. repetitive finishing every match, moves. Every match overkill. looks the same. I don't know if you guys have heard of this little group in North Carolina called PWX, but I, I've worked with them a little bit, right? And the and the, and the the people who run this thing are idiots, okay? One's named Brian. He's, he's, <laughs> he looks like he looks like uh, somebody on a Brother Where Art Thou. I can't think of the name, but he looks like a cross between a hog wallop from a Brother Where Art Thou 
and Dennis the Menace's dad. Okay. Oh my God. And the the other the other I don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but the other is Circo, who who is some somehow. God bless him. He's a good video editor. Okay. God bless his video edi- editing ability. He can edit the hell, the hell out of some video. Okay. But besides that, he's the shit. So you know. So you got the you got these guys running, you running this organization, and they've got a great locker room. They've got Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. who I think pound for pound is the best independent worker around. You know, uh, I've told that to a lot of people. Even though he he'll give multiple brain busters, which I think is ridiculous, uh, but he's still he's still so so good, you know. And so you got guys, you got him as your champion, and you got people in the back. You got people coming in, stopping by. The last show I was at, you had Michael Elgin that was kind of you know, oh, it's a big deal, Michael Elgin, and then in comes Caleb Conley, who was a champion for a long, long time. I know Laura knows Caleb. He was a champion yes, I do. for a long, long time. Why was a bigger deal not made of Caleb Conley? When I first came into that stinking organization to try to smarten up a couple of jackass idiots, when I first came in to tell them something, I said, your champion needs to be a big deal. I said, you don't have him signing autographs next to Lance Lute. God bless Lance Lute. I heard, heard what you said about him earlier, but fuck him. He kicked me in the head the last time I saw him. So, but, <laughs> oh, but you don't have you don't have Caleb Connolly, who's your champion, long-time champion, signing autographs. You build a throne for Caleb Connolly. You put a little sign out front that says everybody's going to be signing autographs all night except the champion. He's only going to be signing from 7.30 to 8.45 or whatever. You know, you make a big deal out of that champion. That champion is your man. And I don't think they treated Caleb Conley right. And I'll tell Brian that. I'll tell Serco that. I'll tell anybody that wants to ask that. Or if they don't want to ask that, I'll tell them. They're not doing right. Another thing, they got the hottest, the hottest, and I don't mean looks. I do mean looks, but I don't only mean looks. They've got the hottest name, and I don't care what anybody says. It's going to make people mad. She hasn't been wrestling as long as others. They got the hottest name out there right now, Tessa Blanchard, and they're putting her in tag matches, mixed tag matches. They're doing this. They need to be bringing people in to wrestle her. They need to be bringing names in to wrestle Tessa Blanchard because her name is everywhere, everywhere. She's not getting treated right. She's not being utilized the way she should be, and that's why I—that's why you see my face in PWA. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna, I will change that. They don't know, they don't know what they have, and I'm trying to show these people what they have, and they well, they have some of the best. They don't know what kind of manager they have either. And God bless Tommy Tom, Tommy Thomas and I get along famously. I have I have sat at bars with Tommy Thomas and talked. We've sat in my car and talked. I think Tommy Thomas is great. He's great on the microphone. I love him. He is wonderful. But there is a flaw in his pro wrestling philosophy. Let me ask Which you this. When, when, when a World Series team goes out to play, 
if they're if they're in the World Series, is their goal to have the most entertaining ball game that anybody's ever seen, or is there, or would they rather would they rather shut somebody out twenty to nothing? I think they'd rather shut them out and get take a championship home, you know. Right. And I hear. I hear somebody like Anthony Henry say, I'm the Mr. Match of the Night, Mr. Match of the Night. Well, guess what, Anthony? You might have the match of the night, but one day somebody's going to come kick you in the head, and you're going to be knocked out. And that wasn't the match of the night. And you know why that happened? Because they wanted to win. They didn't give a shit about having the match of the night. They didn't care about everybody going, this is awesome. Oh, that gripes me. Nothing gripes me more than to hear a crowd sing, this is awesome. And when I hear that, I'm thinking these and the wrestlers are stupid enough to react to it. They're stupid enough. Oh, they're doing that. Let me try harder. Well, guess what? Guess what? So the next PWX show, I'm going to start that when you're out there. How about try winning a match first? (laughs) You know, I saw. I'm not going to name names on this because I like both of these guys. But I saw, I saw one young man. Power bomb another young man on the ring apron from outside the ring, and then after that young man was power bombed, the the one who gave him the power bomb rolled him back into the ring, got back in the ring, looked at the crowd a little bit, and I want to say he got up on the rope or he went and did something. Why did he not cover that man? Because he doesn't really deep down want to win that match. If you've ever been an amateur wrestler and you're on that mat, you know what kind of hell that is. And all you're thinking about is dominating that other man and winning that match. And I think, and on the on on the damn damn wall of the gym that the show was in, Laura, do you remember the quote? that was written across the wall, painted on the wall oh, of the gym. Oh, God. Uh, it says winning isn't everything, but yes. wanting yeah. to win is. And yeah. I wanted to slap a lot of those guys in the face and say, turn around and read that fucking wall. That's what I wanted to do. Well, let me ask you this, Derek. Let me ask I'm you a little this. Bit, I'm you a little know. bit passionate about wrestling sometimes. Go ahead. I, I can understand that. And uh, what I want to know is what's up with Lil Wahoo? Lil Wahoo. Now, that's a that's a whole different ball game. Lil Wahoo. Um, I don't. I don't. Okay. What, do you know about the uh, fan fest in Charlotte they have every year? Do you go to those? Yeah. Guys? I, I, I have okay. never been to one, but I hope to go to one next year. Okay. Well, I've been to quite a few. And uh, I look at those times as a time where I can kind of, uh, you know, enjoy myself and enjoy myself and relax, okay? And and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about how I do that, but uh, there are parts uh, okay. of the fan fest of my memory of fan fest that are blurry, okay? There are parts that 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 get a little murky when I think back, but somehow... I do remember making friends with Karen McDaniel. And somehow, when I left, there was, I had in my possession a little Wahoo McDaniel figure, right? Had his head dressed and everything. 
Well, he he rides he rides in my car all the time, mm-hmm. and it seems like every time he's around, something crazy happens. He causes some sort of mischief, and and people <laughs> think I'm crazy, but I'll swear to you that I can understand what that little wahoo is thinking and what that little wahoo is saying. Nobody else can hear it. Nobody else, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I'm telling you the truth. Little Wahoo speaks to me. And, it's the spirit and, of Wahoo. It's I'm the sorry? spirit of something. It's the spirit it's, of Wahoo. I don't think it's the spirit, because I knew, I, I had the pleasure of knowing uh, the late Chief Wahoo McDaniel, and he was so so classy of a guy, and he was so, um, he was, he, I can't say enough good things about him, and he's one of those people that, you won't hear anybody that knew him. You won't hear very many bad things said about him. Little Wahoo, on the other hand, pisses everybody off. That's his mission. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell. You. I'll tell you this: Little Wahoo challenged a referee at a fair show that we had for Trans South to eat a hot pepper. It's the hottest pepper in the world, not the Reaper. It was the one hotter than that. I don't. I don't remember, and it was a special breed, uh, special, you know, a black-looking pepper and all this, and this referee thinks he's the greatest. Little Wahoo gives him the pepper. He eats the pepper, no problem. An hour later, this is, honest to God, an hour later, that referee is rolling around on in the grass, throwing up and moaning and, ah, all this. And he's got, he's got Cameron Cade standing over him going, be careful, buddy, you're going to roll in your own vomit, you know. I mean, uh, well, you know, speaking of Cameron, Kate, I got a question for you about Cameron. I'm, I, I, how did I know when I brought up Cameron Cade's name that you were going to have a question about him? <laughs> it's Cameron Cade. Right. Uh, when, can, when can we expect a push from uh, for Cameron Cade? Can we expect that anytime soon? Well, uh, I don't know how much more of a push, uh, you know. Cameron Cade loves to uh, loves to play the victim. I think, especially not in person, mind you, but on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram and whatever else he's got. He loves to play the victim, and he doesn't ever get a push and doesn't ever get a fair shake. But uh, you know, when Tessa Blanchard came in, uh, she was his manager, and uh, he never lost a match during that time, and he had some of the best matches on the card, and I mean, uh, you know, so I think Cameron gets a little more, uh, gets a little more credit and a, and a little more respect than he likes to, than he likes to say that he does. I think he's one of those people that, that may enjoy being the victim a little bit, you know. Uh, Laura, I think okay. you should come to a, I think you should come to a Trans South show and, uh, and, and just, and see, see, see Cameron there. Uh, as a matter of fact, this Saturday night in Gaffney, South Carolina, Cameron Cade is going to be taking on another young man who's very underrated at this point in his career, Josh Powers. Uh, he works a lot for Steve Carino's PWF. And uh, right. on the last the last show he was on for Carino's PWF, he, laid, he left not only one but two legends laying, Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. He laid them out. Left him there, you know. So I mean, Josh Powers, if if he 
if he's at the level to do something like that, you know, he's at the level to do anything. And uh, I can't wait to see him and Cameron go at it. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. Cameron sort of had a change of heart at our last show and, you know, because, like, he's got all these little girls with Cameron K T-shirts on the front row, and I think that's starting to soften him up a little bit. And then Josh Powers came out and attacked him, and so, uh, so yeah, naturally, oh. they're going to have a match in Gaffney. See, I see, so Cameron's turned face a little bit. Uh, uh, you could say that. I don't, I'm not familiar with those sort of terms, but sure. Oh, it, no, not you, not, not you. He's more, of a, well, he's more of a fan favorite, you know. Instead of a heel breaker, instead of a rule breaker, right? He's a fan favorite, not a rule breaker, right? Instead of a instead of a rough houser, right? Yeah, thank you, Bill. After I appreciate that. Wonderful Willie, I love Wonderful Willie. Yeah, yeah. And and let me ask you about another wrestler that that I'm a friend of, uh, Mr. Sleeves. Is he ever going to get a chance in in Trans South or? Yeah, Mr. Sleeves has some matches matches here and there with Trans South, and uh, I'm thinking he's. He, we've talked about him popping up and maybe doing in a in a surprise sort of role. I don't want to give too much away, but in December, Mr. Sleeves has got some stuff uh, coming up, you know. So so yeah, he'll be good. back around. Mr. Sleeves will be back around. Um, good, good, good. I'm I'm definitely going to have to come down. Uh, and uh, see you guys. If I, could just book, um, if I could just book Zoe without Mr. Sleeves, Mr. Sleeves wouldn't have a job. We only book him for Zoe. She's the she's by far the best worker in the family. Uh, Zoe, you know, you know Zoe is, is absolutely. Yeah, I've met Zoe, and she is absolutely. Positively, the cutest girl, the little girl there ever was. She looks oh, she looks a lot like him. And um, when I met her, I said, "Oh, you're a little sleaze." She said, "My name is Zoe." (laughs) (laughs) She straightened me up right then. Right then. Oh yeah, she she she's a diva. She's a diva. Um, Let me ask you about this, uh, Derek. Um, When where did you come up with that pork pie hat gimmick? Uh, well, I don't know that it's a gimmick. I mean, uh, sometimes I have the haircut that I sport these days gets a little chilly. And, uh, you know, in the summertime, I have the, uh, I have the, uh, uh, straw, black straw pork pie. And then in the, in the wintertime, I have the black, uh, wool bowler. You know, and then okay. and then sometimes sometimes you may see me with a baseball cap. You know, it's really uh, I'm the kind of guy that I feel like I I can pull off whatever it is that I wear. I've worn, uh, uh, and I feel like that I that I can uh, do whatever I want to do and wear what I want to wear. And uh, hopefully somebody will ask me about it. And if they if if I didn't like them as much as I liked you, if when they ask me about it the wrong way. You know, there'd be a confrontation. So. Okay, so duly noted. I won't ask you about your fashion choices at PWX. I think um, you can, but 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 <laughs> other people shouldn't. Well, other people you know, shouldn't. Speaking, that, those, other four people should. that, those four geeks that sit on the front row and wear Charlotte Hornets gimmick, uh, they they better not ask me. To tell you that much. <laughs> 
Every one of them could get smacked in the face. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the next PWX show. Um, and speaking yeah. of PWX let me put shows, over, let me put over somebody else that I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, and I don't know if a lot of guys have ever heard of, but uh, one of my first mentors was a guy by the he was notorious, and people who do know of him know of him as a crook and a carny and that kind of stuff, and I didn't take that from him, but there was so much to learn from this older guy and his name was Charlie Babb. I wanted I don't know that his I don't know that his name has ever been spoken on a podcast and and so Charlie Babb there was a lot to learn from that guy and he did, he he had a lot to do with the IWA promotion in the 70s and he refereed some and you know a lot of the really older generation knows knows him but uh he taught me a lot and so I just wanted to say the name Charlie Babb while we're talking, and Thomas Simpson, and then on the new on the new end, Thomas Simpson taught me a lot, also. But nobody has taught me as much as uh, Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. So I want to make sure I mentioned uh, those three those three names. Oh sure, sure. That's well, all right. Charlie know, Babb, Thomas Simpson, and and my brother, Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. Well, you know. Speaking of PWX shows a minute ago, uh, you always yeah. tell me at PWX oh, yeah. shows that wonderful, you wonderful have PWX. you have this you have these stories, and one of them involves Chavo Guerrero Senior. So if you have a so if you now got a personal a, favorite, I've got go that, right that's ahead. a story a lot of people ask me about because it was it was so surreal. But but right, you gotta understand. I rode on the roads with with Manny for like, I mean, eight to ten years. I mean, uh, I mean, just all the time. And so I mean, the this story that I was talking about that one night. Uh, uh, this is one of the tamer stories. You know, this is one that did not give me bad dreams, but it was. Uh, it did. It, you know, it, it was. It was quite an event. Okay, we we had we made a couple of trips uh, to Texas. A few, you know, uh, Manny and I did, and uh, we went out there and did some shows in San Antonio. And uh, while we were there, you know, Chavo, he's known Manny's known Chavo since he was in high school, and Chavo had just gotten out of high school, and he was helping coach Manny's high school wrestling team. So that you know, they've known each other for a long, long time. And so we get into San Antonio, and all day Chavo's calling, you got to come by the house, you got to come come visit, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, you know, after the show, I mean, some crazy stuff went down at the show. You know, Manny, uh, if you don't know much about him, you can look him up. He's an explosive individual. Uh, uh, and he, um, so, anyways, a lot of crazy stuff went on at the show. But Chavo's still calling. Come visit. I want you to come visit. So we're driving from San Antonio to Bandera, Texas. And Bandera uh, is is a little more out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's it, the town looks like an old west, kind of like uh, similar to Maggie Valley in North Carolina or something like that. I mean, it's, you know, it looks like the ghost town, you know, the old west, the buildings and everything. Mm-hmm. and so we're riding around this place, and I'm like, this is this is really weird. And uh, it took us a few hours to get there, and then, you know, we're 
the whole time we're on the phone with Chavo, he's giving us these crazy directions. We're riding up and down the road. We can't find his house. He's like, I'm standing next to the mailbox, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's no mailbox. There's no Chavo. Like, there's no way, you're, you know. I mean, I guess he's just screwing with us, you know. I guess he's just a rib. But, I mean, uh, we're going with finally 3.15 in the morning. We find this house. And you can imagine, I've just worked the show, Manny Fernandez in San Antonio, and it's now 3.15, and we're in Bandera. So needless to say, uh, we've had quite a few beverages at this point. And so we're going to Chavo's house, and everything's all cool. And uh, he's got the Rolling Stones blaring. We're drinking Tecates. He's taking me around the house, showing me family pictures, old wrestling memorabilia. I mean, I'm like, this is great. You know, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Guerrero, uh, Guerrero memorabilia from, from Chavo Guerrero. You know, can you believe this? This is, this is, this, this was actually belonged to Gory. I mean, you know, this is wild. You know, I'm a, I'm a wrestling historian or an enthusiast or whatever you want to call it, or a super fan. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm thrilled. Well, we somehow, as conversation progressed, uh, things started getting a little heated. Like I said, there had been a lot of beverage consumed between that show that we left and 3 a.m. at Chavo's house. And uh, I started noticing that, that the mood was changing. And, uh, start, <laughs> and then I happened to notice a shotgun on uh, the counter that I didn't think had bit was, I'm pretty sure was not there when we walked in. And uh, some things got a little eerie. And next thing you know, there's yelling, there's cursing. Everybody's got to get out. You know, everybody's got to get out and all that. So, we, so you know, it's Manny, myself, and a couple of, couple of uh, ladies that were there and another trainee that was there. And uh, so we end up walking outside. Manny's the last to walk out. And as, as we're walking out, Chavo decides to sucker punch uh, Manny in the back of the head. Well, big mistake, because I have never, I've attended lots of amateur wrestling events. I've attended MMA events. I've attended a lot of many, 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 many pro wrestling events. I have never seen anyone get taken down as fast as that milla, milla, millisecond that Manny took Chavo Guerrero down in and proceeded to, uh, let's just say, let him know who who was in charge of the situation. And uh, when we left, the police were there. We spoke with them, and Chavo Guerrero had leaves in his hair. I remember that. And, that's uh, the craziest that's the, thing that's, I've ever heard. Yeah, that's a hell of a, that's, that was a hell of a night. We got we got went, back it, to the hotel room. Everybody else is asleep. I go out, make a run to Taco Taco Cabana, which is a 24-hour delicious fast food taco restaurant. And uh, I'm making a run to there, calling everybody I know back in the Carolinas, saying, you'll never believe what night I just had, you know. So, uh, that's crazy. Derek, I yeah. know that we've... And there's a million of those. When you travel, that's why, you know, like these guys, I know that they think... Somebody like Ricky Morton is 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 an old guy, or some you know, and that's a totally different wrestling now than it was. But it's not. 
some of the moves are different. And you can do your own shit and make it your own. But the things they can learn from these guys, how to sell, for God's sake, send Ricky Morton to Ring of Honor to teach people to sell, to sell. I mean, you know, uh, the things you can learn from these guys are, are priceless. And these stories that, that that you can be a part of, I mean, it, at times you're miserable. I've got a ton of stories about Manny where at the at the time I was miserable. But now looking back on it, it's like, what a story I have to tell, you know. Uh, there's, you know, there's plenty. There's some I can't repeat to you because uh, I don't want any legal trouble. I mean, but uh, right. I mean, uh, th- it, it's and these guys are still around. It's just like this Saturday. I'm going to shamelessly uh, mention that this Saturday at the Broad River Electric Auditorium in Gaffney, South Carolina, we got a meet and greet and a show, both of which uh, will feature Mick Foley and also the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. And everybody is excited. Mick Foley's the headliner. Everybody's excited about Mick Foley because of everything he's done. Cactus Jack, Mankind, Hardcore Legend, Falling Off the 16-Foot Hell in a Cell, Losing his ear in 95 with Vader. I mean, Fused in Japan with Terry Funk, best-selling author. I mean, everything you could do is mainstream. I saw the man on The Daily Show, one of my favorite shows. I saw the man, you know, you know. I mean, he's he's mainstream, and everybody's super pumped, as am I. But somebody who I've seen on other shows, the second Hall of Famer on this show, Boogie Woogie Man, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, I don't think that a lot of the young wrestlers realize what a treasure they have in being in the room with this man who they could learn so much from if they would just sit down and ask, he would be glad to tell you. And uh, and one thing you have to remember talking to these older guys, you don't learn just from asking the simple question and answer. Listen, read between the lines and really listen to what they're saying, and look at how they act. I mean, when Terry Funk came to town here, if you just watched how he interacted with people and everybody that walked away from him loved him, you know, and he sat down with everybody from the guys jerking the curtain to every single match and was just so good and so nice. Well, Boogie Woogie is the same way. I mean, just like I talked with Alex Avarinos today, who who is another independent wrestler I think is one of the most underrated out there. He's phenomenal. Uh, people should people should really pay attention to Alex Averinos. I think he's phenomenal. Um, but I was talking to him today, and I said, you got to realize Jimmy Valiant started wrestling in 1964, so this means this is his 50th anniversary from his first match this year mm. is. So you got to think, this is a guy who wrestled as a tag team against Chief J. Strongbow and Bruno Sammartino in Madison Square Garden. This is a guy that sold out the Mid-South Coliseum numerous times against Lawler and with Bill Dundee. I mean, then he went to Jim Crockett and the stuff with Valiant's War against Paul Jones's army and with the Raging Bull. Raging Bull was with him, then he turned on him. And, I mean, this guy's been, been a part of so many eras. I mean, there's a, I mean, so much to be learned from somebody like him, and I just, I really hope people take advantage of it. You know, I mean, and he's going to be, 
and he's going to be at Trans South Wrestling November 15th in Gaffney, right at the Broad River Electric Auditorium. That's right. He and Mick Foley will be doing a meet and greet from 5.30 to 7.30, and then at 7.30 we're going to ring the bell and start the matches, and he and Mick Foley are not leaving after the meet and greet. There's plenty of surprises, uh, you know, that are going to take place during the show with both of those guys. I mean, they're... Uh, Mick Foley is ready to have some fun. I talked with him uh, on Monday, and uh, he he's ready to have some fun. Uh, so it's gonna it's it, there's there, there's gonna be some good stuff. Um, you know, Dion Johnson at our last show, he just won the Trans South Heavyweight Title for the third time. He's gonna be uh, for those that don't know after the show. All the fans were in the ring. A lot of the uh, fan favorite wrestlers were coming out to congratulate Dion. One of those was Alex Avarinos, but instead of congratulating him, uh, Alex Avarinos throws a fireball in Dion's eye. Yeah, and that I saw put that. A on, that put a damper on that celebration. Uh, Dion had the he's got video online with the with the patch on his eye. And, I and, saw um, that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. and Alex is going to have a rebuttal that uh in probably tomorrow online and uh another match that uh a lot of people that i don't know i feel like they're sleeping on it but i mean another match that i feel like uh, is a great candidate for match of the night my ma- my main man cauliflower brown chase brown is taking on john schuyler the southern savior that should be a good match that should be yeah yeah and uh there's a lot of, I mean, everybody, all our regular guys are going to be there, and um, you know, it's it's a George South going to be there with his with his with the best gimmick table of all time, and uh, he uh, he may be getting in the ring. He you never know with George until that night if he feels like getting in there or not. You know, it depends on depends on his mood. And uh, uh, my favorite ring announcer, Corky Franks. He's going to be there. He's one of the best guys in this business. I'll tell you that he Love hasn't Corky. been in it that he hasn't been in it that long. But uh, he's 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 a real he's a good man. He's a great announcer and a better man. I'd well, like it sounds like too. a great a great show uh, on this upcoming Saturday. If you guys are in the Gaffney, South Carolina area, go see Trans South Wrestling. You know, it's it's the real deal and. Derek, I mean, I would, invite, I, I would invite Brian Cockamamie to come check it out and see how, uh, you know, see how we do things. Maybe he could learn something, well, you know. With, Brian, you know, Brian not, Cockamamie listens to the show every week, so he heard you say that. So I'm sure he'll, you know, uh, scoot on down the road to Gaffney. I hope he did. And, I hope he did hear it. And I don't try to keep it a secret. I don't try to keep it a secret from Brian that he's uh, – that he's, you know, I I wonder sometime if he is an individual with a disability because I think, uh, well, he, we're going. He doesn't. I'm going. He doesn't. I got to wrap it up there, Derek, because I can't go there. I cannot go there. Uh, right. Bob, Bob and I want to thank you for your time tonight. It's been a hoot. I would love. It I would really, like to thank really you, Laura. Uh, you and Bob are my favorite. Of all of all the we shows, appreciate that. Of all the shows that are like this, nobody nobody can touch this one. Love it, love well, it, love you we, guys. We appreciate that, Derek, you, Derek, and we just.
thank you very much. And, you know, we ask every guest to record us a little bump that says, you know, you know, you can introduce who you are and, you know, you're listening to Live from the Armory or any variation of that, um, any, any way you want to do it. So uh, anytime you want to go, it's up to you, so go right ahead. Um, and now, is Live from the Armory, how do you classify it? Is it a podcast or what's the what's yeah. the proper term? It's a podcast. Podcast, okay. I would like to say that you're – that. Uh, I'm Derek Vanderford. I'm a promoter. I'm a manager. Uh, I've been around the wrestling business for quite some time, and I listen every week to Live from the Armory because it is absolutely the best podcast in the business. Thank you so much, Derek, for being with us tonight, man. We appreciate it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. You're my favorite of all time. Thank you, brother. See, see you, Derek. See you. All right. Come see us in Gaffney. Got you, brother. All right. <laughs> there goes Derek Vanderford. The only thing that I want to say, loved having him on the show. It's not so much the spirit of Little Wahoo. I think that there are spirits involved, and I believe that they're medicinal. At any rate. We we got we've got to move along, folks. We apologize. Uh, you know those are the perils of uh, live podcasting. We're going to roll right along, folks, because I don't want to keep her waiting any longer than what she already has. Joining us right now will be one of the participants at the Queens of Combat show at the end of the month, November thirtieth, at Ziggy's in Winston Salem, and we're going to bring on Miss Jessie K. Jesse, are you there? How are you guys doing? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> we're doing we're doing good. How are you doing tonight? I am fantastic. Doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Uh on the other end of the line with me is the other co host of the show, Laura. You want to say hello to Jesse? Hey Jesse, really looking forward to talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I look forward to talking to you guys. We certainly appreciate we certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I watched tape on you against Samantha Starr, Nyla Rose, and a few other people, and the thing that stood out to me were your ring fundamentals and timing, and not just move timing, but match timing. Did those types of things come naturally to you, Jesse, or was this a learned process? Absolutely nothing about this has been natural for me, unfortunately. (laughs) Good, we can get that out of the way right out the gate. (laughs) I've had to come from the bottom up with everything. You're you're talking to a girl that couldn't do a forward roll, and still if I don't do one for a few months, my body tells me no. Come on. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, like, I don't know if you guys know my story or whatnot, but uh, I'm, I'm, I've come from a very unathletic background. I lost, like, 60 pounds to do this. So it's it's nothing in my repertoire has been uh, a natural thing. And as far as timing, in-ring timing goes, that comes with being in the ring and um, just having as much time as you can to – and you know what? It also comes a lot with who you're working with, so – well, you know, you, you mentioned something, and I want to go. I want to go right to it. I, I watched part of a, a docu series, if you want to call it that, that Diva Dirt did on you at, at Gilbert's Wrestling Academy, and something that you said 
really stuck with me, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that you said that it was your freshman year in high school that you weighed X amount, and I can't remember what the amount was, and you made a conscious decision at that point in time to become a pro wrestler and began working out. Did I hear that part correctly? Yes, sir. It was my junior year, junior year of high school. So yeah. Junior year, okay. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was 220-plus pounds, and when you're at that weight, I, I, I was like that my whole life. It wasn't like I put on a lot when I was in high school or something like that. You know, I was always the big girl, you know what I mean? Right. So, but uh, it was just at that point on the elliptical, when I, I don't even know how old I was at the time, so probably 17, 16, and to be on the elliptical for five minutes and be so without any resistance or anything like that and be so winded and so tired, and I'm like, God, this really sucks. What's really holding me back from doing the things that I really want to do? So I just went all out from there. Well, knowing the work that you've put in from then until now, and we know that we're driven by a, um, a body image conscious society, do you see other women in wrestling doing things to maintain their physical condition that ultimately is harmful? That's a really good question. Hmm. I think so. And I don't, I don't think it's just women. I think it's guys, too. Um, because right. if you really want to make it, if you really want to make it, then you're you're looking for that particular look. And unfortunately, that's what not only – that's what WWE wants, I'm going to assume. <laughs> but, you know, that's what sells. It would be different if, if all body images sell or make money, but that's just not the case. And that's just not in wrestling. That's any type of entertainment because that's a it's a platform um, going out to the masses, out to the media, and it's not just the women's wrestlers or not just the women's actor actresses, it's actors. It's you know anyone that's in the spotlight of society, and I think that's a huge message, and it definitely makes me who I am, and definitely empowers me to try and kind of break the mold a little bit. And yes, I realize I'm different. I know that, but maybe difference not a bad thing, right? Well, I don't necessarily think that difference is a bad thing at all. Have you, and I mean, you don't have to name any names. We're not a dirt sheet show here. Have you, oh, sure. have you seen or have you witnessed yourself and said, somebody else doing something said, I am not going to do that? I mean, there's obviously a line that, that has to be drawn. Have you, have you seen that for yourself, Jesse? I personally haven't seen such, you know, such extremes to be honest with you everyone that i have met and talked to has been at a, a pretty you know uh common sense level where they haven't gone over the deep end on something so much to to get it but you know i can only imagine at what some someone's willing to do and you know changing their bodies forever for just a chance is, is kind of crazy when you think about it right because you're only dealt with one life and one one body you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, I'm doing like two or three things at the, at the same time. But I do want to say that I do not think that different is a bad thing at all. Because if we were all the same, it would be very boring. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But you do you. hard, you know. Yeah. Well, well you know, I know a, a little bit about you know it's hard being different you know I'm a big girl and it's it's hard because like you said everybody um, is looking for that you know 
stick figure kind of girl, you know, or at least that's what, you know, we're taught. But, um, yeah, I know, I know exactly how you feel. And, um, but not getting off into that tangent, tell us a little bit about your experience training at Gilbert's Wrestling Academy. Sure. Well, I started there, I was actually, when they opened in July 2010, I was the first student that signed up. Um, previous to them opening, I was uh, wrestling at a, or training at another school. This is when I was just starting, mind you. I had trained at this other school for about a month or so, and it was one of those hole-in-the-walls, one of those um, I'll take your money, but I've never been there type of thing. And so when this Gilbergs had opened, you know, I saw that as an opportunity because not only is this place just, it's a great facility. It's got, you know, locker rooms. It's got, you know, clean floors, clean bathrooms. The toilet, <laughs> There's toilet paper in the bathroom, you know. There's, a, there's an office, you know, the little things, right, the toilet, you know. So to, for this place to suddenly open and have Gilbert's name attached to it, mind you, Gilbert's not, you know, like a, a legend in WWF history, but I mean, people know his name, right? So you recognize that name and say, like, oh, okay, right off TV. So not right off TV, but it's a name off of television within the past 10, 15 years. So, okay, well, I recognize that. So, Gilbert's opened the school 10, 15 minutes away from my house rather than driving 30 to 45, but I still felt like I owed this first school something because they let me do valets, you know, on their shows. So I, I said, I approached the, the guy and I said, you know, would you mind if I did both? Because I was willing because I felt like I owed him something. He said no. And a lot, he told a lot of his students, no, you can't do both. You have to do one or the other. And uh, I told him goodbye. <laughs> I, I made the move. I jumped. And um, I'm glad I did because the Gilbergs was directly con- connected to Maryland Championship Wrestling um, at the time. Well, they worked together. They weren't owned by the same people or anything, but they helped one another out. And, um, you know, and that, it helped me get my start there. And um, and that definitely propelled me to bigger and better things, too. So it, they, I had my, my basis there. You're never going to learn um, everything you're going to learn from one person or one place. You have to go different places. But it definitely was a great place to get my basis and the fundamentals because those are – what's most important not moves <laughs> well that that's a good point because if you don't know the fundamentals you can't really you know go any further than that and i'm glad you mentioned uh maryland championship wrestling that's a good segue into the next question we love the fact that you were their commissioner for like three years i want to know what was that like for you uh, well, uh, at the time, they really didn't have many women, um, so I couldn't exactly right. get in the ring to compete. But at the same time, being that commissioner allowed me to get on that microphone and be in front of people in that way and, and get me comfortable doing that. And um, But also as a commissioner, you know, they, they stuck me with the, with the factions because I'm generally a heel nasty nasty burger but you know i would get in front of uh the you know be the heel faction and make things go my way when i wanted them to because i was the commissioner and then get the uh, short end of the stick if we had someone come in and then you know oh yeah they got the last they got the last laugh on jesse k type thing it's always fun but if i had one particular memory of commissioner 
uh, that stuck with me was I had a, a feud going on for one of the guys named uh, C-Fed. They're part of a, a group called Fed Up there. And C-Fed posted on Facebook. He said, I want all my little son-sons, all my little fans to bring Jessie K a roll of toilet paper for all the crap that she's been talking about Fed Up. And we didn't think anything of it, but they did. And the fans, and then when I went out there, they threw and chucked so many rolls of toilet paper at me. And they had no mercy. They conked me right in my head, wouldn't let me talk. <laughs> uh, it was it was, it was was scary at first because, I mean, they chucked it. They just, whew. But I had one a bigger guy, Toby, in the ring with me, and he helped guard them. But it was still hilarious, and um, it, it was it was really done well. It was a lot of fun all through Facebook, all through social media. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> See, I guess you know how it's you know kind of like to be toilet papered now. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, this is a <laughs> Jesse K roll. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we talked a little bit about your beginnings um, and getting into the business. What would be your advice to young women today wanting to break into wrestling? Don't date anyone in the business. Do Amen. not put yourself in that situation. <laughs> Don't let anyone even, because even if you're not, people are going to think you are and they're going to talk about you doing that. So don't. Don't even let yourself have that opportunity. Um, don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. But then I tell people that and then they go do it and then look what happens. But, and then you're like, I told um, you. <laughs> I told you. And they're like, but people think I'm a rat. Well, yep. <laughs> I told you that four months. I told you that four months ago, but whatever. I don't understand why. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> another piece of that, get in good shape. Don't be a baby giraffe and fall over. You know. Um, and just work like a guy. Be don't don't be a, a flimsy little little girl. Do you be be a woman, a strong woman that knows what she's doing, because that's a commodity. At least I hope so, is. <laughs> I think that's some really, really good advice, uh, especially the, you know, uh, work like a guy. Um, I think that's the first time I've heard that from uh, a uh, woman wrestler on the show, uh, you know, to work like a guy. I mean, it is, you know, as much as, you know, I don't like to admit it, it is a man's sport you know, for the most part. So that's that was really good advice. Um, you know, looking over your career, I saw uh, a lot of your opponents and your partners, and it, it, it read like a who's who of wrestling. It really did. And I was wanting to know who's been your favorite oppo- opponent and tag team partner to date. Hmm. Well, before... Before last July, my favorite opponent would have been Casey Carlisle, and she's also my favorite tag team partner because we are very um, similar in all we do. We are not very – we don't go to the top rope often. We don't, we're not very high-flying. We're, we're hard-hitting. We're, we're brawlers. You know, we're, we're, just, we're just very similar in everything that we do. Um, but it's not – she didn't do anything wrong as to why my new favorite opponent – but uh, last July, I had the opportunity, August, July, something like that, I had the opportunity to work Awesome Kong. 
And from the moment that I met her, it was just like, okay, I've known you for like 20 years and we're best friends and this is this is a lot of fun and it turned out to be one of the best matches and weekends I've ever had in my life. So, And that was a – I couldn't even get nervous about it or excited about it because I was called 20 minutes before I needed to be there and say, can you fill in? So it was uh, it was really cool to be able to do that. And like, I've, I've been with Casey – on the same team against one another millions and a half times, and we always have a lot of fun. So, you know, I saw that match with you and Kong because it was on iPay Pay Per View. Right. Um, that was a, that was a pretty good match. And speak and it's funny because I was getting ready to ask you about wrestling Kong, and I was going to ask you what's your strategy uh, of wrestling someone of that size and stature, and. Sounds like you had one of the best matches of your life. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you were thinking, what was going on in your head. Sure. Well, it's, it's a, definitely a different situation for me because I'm usually the bigger girl. So it's not like I can – my whole move sets out the window. Well, I can't give her a bear hug. <laughs> uh, spine buster, not going to work. All right. What now? I got nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> so – like I said, I'm not a woman of many moves, right? So <laughs> uh, at that point, if you can get her down, let her stay down and take advantage of any little mess up there is. And unfortunately, it just kind of didn't end how anyone would want it for themselves. But um, I left with a broken lip, and that's fine for me. <laughs> so Yes, that was a pretty physical uh, battle, that's for sure. And, right. you know, and speaking of that, no, please go ahead. I was, I was, sorry, I was just going to say that um, I, I I don't know if it's a word, the, any promotions I've been for. Or, I guess it also helped, too, to up her name value. But it was really cool to have such a powerful reaction at that particular show um, because I don't know if it's just, I, I guess it has to go back to name value, but or the who those fans were, or the fact that it was the fan fest weekend and everyone was pumped up. But they were just everything. They were just into it and were a hundred thousand percent behind her, and just were like, "This girl got no shot." And then we're a little surprised when I actually got some offense. So it was it was just a really great experience. It feels like a dream talking about it. To be honest with you, that whole weekend does. <laughs> And, you know, speaking of that weekend, um, you, uh, I saw the whole thing of you winning the Reed Flair Scholarship, and it was very emotional um, when all that went down. And I was just curious as to how has that helped further your career? Sure. Uh, yeah, the, it was the, the, the money. Besides, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, no problem. It uh, actually, I had no idea that they were going to give it to me. It wasn't like a tell you 20 minutes before and then we'll okay see out there kid no it was uh and this person and then drum roll i'm like damn it would be so cool to hear my name and then at first they said the j and i was like oh and then they said my name i was like oh my god and then it was just waterworks from there so that was really awesome but um, for one, the exposure from it has been really cool. I've already because that's the only one of the one of the reasons why I'm able to come for Queens of Combat because they saw me in the ring. They saw me. Oh, she has potential as you know the scholarship winner. Other other promotions that I'm going to be making my debut here for in the next few months um, in the area. And so 
it's helped me in that perspective on the news sites and whatever else. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt that these people were credible that gave me the scholarship. You know, if uh, Nigel Bungenis and, and Lance Storm and Dr. Tom and Les Thatcher think something of you, man, I think she might have something over here. You know, so that's really, that's, you know, again, that feels like a, a dream to say as well. Um, but I, I, people are surprised. I haven't spent the money yet because I'm saving it um, because my goal ultimately is to get down to Florida with and use it for Bubba and Devon's Team 3D within the next few months. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. One one of the things, Jesse, that when I was uh, watching tape on you on uh, in one of your matches, I heard some fans yell some really appropriate things that I, I'm not going to repeat on the show. And I understand that wrestling is is supposed to invoke emotion, but at some point that there's a line, isn't there? Do you ha, have you ever uh, had an experience where it it that line became blurred and it just it was just a little bit too much? What the fans were yelling. Yeah. Yes, but it wasn't actually a fan because usually, typically, I can keep myself away because uh, I don't take it personal because that's Jesse K out there. That's not me. It's a weird right. thing to say, but it is. Because that's why I actually stopped wrestling uh, basketball for youth kids because the parents would yell at me, and that's me, and I don't like people yelling at me. I don't mind if you're yelling at Jesse K, but don't yell at me. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side note. Um, I... Um, I, for the MCW shows, every year, there's an event called Rally in the Alley. It's an outdoor event. Everyone gets drunk. It's a Raven kickoff for the season. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the fit. And then what they do is they have a uh, a commentator that's on a microphone. And the guy, it's it's a bad idea, I know. It already sounds like a bad idea. So, and these guys aren't wrestling educated. They're not workers. They're radio hosts, right? So they're looking to they're looking to draw out anything just to get a laugh from the crowd or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And for three years, I worked this show as, as either a manager or a wrestler or a combination. And the same guy every year, somehow, some way, shape, or form, called me fat. Even the first year when I was at my lowest weight I'd ever gotten to, I'd weighed in that morning at my lowest weight, and he still managed to call me fat. And so this year, or the year before, now the year before, he said it, and it's an outdoor event, and there's, it's not one of our usual shows, so there, uh, I, I just I laid into him, and I let him have it. I said some F-bombs, and I said, you know, I said, every year you have something to say, and I just laid into him, and he sat there, and he looked at me completely dumbfounded and mm-hmm. didn't have a word to say. And he's apologized to me a million and a half times since. But it felt so good to just unleash on him because <laughs> I just was no longer having it. And it's all it sucks at the same time, though. Because the opponent that I was wrestling at the time had it semi-professionally recorded, and it is one of the matches that is the most highly hit on YouTube between us. And it's awful because you can hear my mouth 
just go. And it's bad. <laughs> it sounds like a sailor, but it felt so good at the time. Sometimes you just got to lay the law down. Sometimes yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah. I can but, I can understand it. I can understand it. Um, everything that I've read and the people that I've spoken to about you say that you have an unparalleled work ethic, that people seem to gravitate to you very early on in your career, whether it was news agencies, I saw a, a news clip, a reporter doing a story on you, we, we know about the Diva Dirt thing, or other wrestlers. What, what do you attribute that to, other than your shining personality, which we're getting to hear right now? <laughs> um, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm a genuine person. I don't try to put up a a, a wall or a, a face. I, I'm me. You know, if you don't like me, I'm sorry. But I usually take it personal if you don't like me. A lot of people say, well, if you don't like me, screw you. But no, I, I, I care. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why don't you like me? Please like me. Come on. Uh, please. <laughs> you know, I, I, I take things personal, and uh, I'm very sensitive. I, um, I'm i not good at arguing. <laughs> I'm just I and I I as far as wrestling goes, I love it so much. Um and I always have and it's been the one thing that even at my lowest times it's been there for me and my emotional connection to it was unparalleled. Like, you know, in middle school kids had pictures of probably the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. I had a picture of The Undertaker and he was probably like in his late thirties, early forties and I was like <laughs> You know, like, I've right. always been that oddball when it comes to wrestling. <laughs> I had a Rock and Roll Express up when I was 12, so I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so I'm just a little different when it comes to that. I don't fit into regular society very well. <laughs> but um, I just love it, and I I go that extra mile, you know. Um, I had the opportunity to be on one of the Shimmer shows, well, not Shimmer, but the pre-show Sparkle. And, you know, I was the only girl that helped take down the ring. You know, that kind of stuff. So, right. And I did drop a T-bar on my uh, my toe, and it's still bruised. And it's been over a year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's never going to heal. <laughs> no, it's a bruised permanent big toe. But <laughs> But, you yeah, I'm just a genuine person that goes the extra mile, you know. No, and, it, and and it speaks volumes. I mean, like I said, if you if you go through and and do a little work like we do every week when we have guests on and and talk to people, you know, Jesse K, hard worker, good attitude, potential future star, three things that keep getting repeated over and over to me. So, you know, we pay attention to that type type of stuff. You're you're a huge fan of wrestling. And it would be ignorant of me to think that you don't watch the televised product that we're offered now by either WWE or TNA. What are your thoughts on on what we see on TV? Well, they're just trying to make money. A lot of people are so negative about it, and I refuse to be negative about it because until I'm making their money, I can't say anything, right? (laughs) Um, And, you know, and people are – People are living in the past and always live in the past of what they want. and It's not as good when. Well, you're also a different person than you were then. It's just, it's completely different. It changes. It goes ups and downs, hills and valleys. And until you're there and you see,
see, I'm sure, what what that's like and the stress that they go through and trying to create new ideas that stick to a wall and, and being on time restraints and being on, okay, this commercial needs to go on this time and this needs to go here and you need to be there then and make sure that this is hooked up to this and make sure, you know, all the money and all the time and all the effort and all the stress and then people want to complain about it. What's why I complain? Right. So I can only say say that um, I want to be there more than anything in the world. (laughs) In the immortal words of Vince McMahon, we make movies. You know, that's, you know, when, you know, change from wrestling to entertainment, you know, entertainment is show business. So I I, I agree with you. Do you you watch uh, Total Divas, Jesse? I do not because it depresses me because I want to be there. Well, that and I, I honest to God, watch very little television. When mm-hmm. I hurt my ankle and I've been out for a month and a half, I had to watch a lot of television. But that's the most television I've probably watched in probably about five years, to God, honestly, because I just don't have time. I'm either working or I'm at the gym, and if I'm not doing either, then I feel lazy. <laughs> well, I, mean, I usually ask that question of of all the all the women wrestlers that come on because I'm always I'm always surprised by well, I am and I'm not. I'm surprised by the the mixed reaction we get. We get people that either really love it, or we get people that just can't stand it because it's uh, it seems so um, it seems so scripted. You know, I mean it, it it's billed as a reality television show, but we're talking about wrestling and divas behind the scenes which it's kind of like an oxymoron adding reality into it if you follow me right for sure yeah Um, but like i said i wish i had their lives it would be nice to have tv cameras following me around i'm getting money to do what i love you know that's what i'm struggling at right now trying to you know of course i want to get to that point and i want to more than anything in the world i'm putting all my effort into it but I I fear being miserable at my job. I do not want it, not at all. I do not want to be miserable doing what I have to do and knowing I have to get up in the morning to pay my bills and be miserable. That's the worst feeling in the world for me, and I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, thank you for adding to my midlife crisis. I only have 20 more <laughs> years of work until I can retire. Exactly. Thank you so much. Exactly. I don't want to live your life. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've got a huge opportunity on the horizon at Queens of Combat 3 in Winston-Salem on November 30th at Ziggy's. Uh, tell me your thoughts on the event, and tell me about some of the ladies that are have been announced for the card. Sure. Well, um, ever since the first one, because this is the third one, correct, I believe? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had, yeah, I had, I'd seen up in Maryland, I had even seen this being advertised down here for the first two. So I was like, wow, I wonder what I got to do to uh, to get on that because my family lives down here in Charlotte. It'd be really easy, uh, have somewhere to stay, get to see them, even when I was up in Maryland. So I really, you know, wanted to be part of it. And so here we are because um, I had the opportunity to, to do that and talk to some people while I was down here for that, um, the – three-day seminar, three-day weekend um, this summer. So I'm really excited to be part of it. Um, I've only wrestled down here for a place called Russell Force in South Carolina um, right. mm-hmm. once or twice. 
once or twice I've been there. Um, and it's been a while since I've been there, too, but I had a lot of fun when I was because my, um, my friend Hoss Haygood uh, is from South Carolina, and then he moved to Maryland, so he brought us a few of us down to there. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. And um, so this is the first, another good opportunity to start branching out in another part of the country. And that's a big deal because you want to make sure you learn how to wrestle in front of a lot of different people, whether that be a New Jersey crowd, whether that be a Pennsylvania crowd, whether that be a West Virginia crowd, whether it be a North Carolina crowd, a Florida crowd, whatever. So that's a, that's a new uh, good next step. And um, as far as the opponents that I'm going to be working with and against, um, Amber O'Neill I have wrestled against before a few times at Indie Girls um, in New Jersey, and that was actually when I was first starting. And I'm pretty sure that the only reason I got booked there initially was because the promoter thought I was uh, Jesse McKay. (laughs) Surprise, (laughs) surprise. Uh, But... uh, (laughs) But that and that was when I was first starting, man. I was probably less than a year or so when I was actually working shows. So I was like, Oh, this is fun, this will be cool. And it worked out fine. It was a good time. <laughs> but uh yeah, I wrestled, <laughs> wrestled against her. Uh I my partner was uh Mia and we wrestled against um Fire and Ice. So it was her and her partner. Um, her name escapes me right now, I feel so and uh, no. Oh god going to bother me. I always forget her name. She's going to kill me. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, it was Fire and Ice. That was their tag, that was their tag name. I'm rambling now. Sorry. And it was me and me. And I was, it was, I was green, horrible, bad. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I've worked with her a few times. So that would be great to do it again. Very cool. And, yep, and I, I, I don't know my opponents very well as far as uh, stalking them, stalking them, or you know, checking out their history and whatnot, so I can be prepared. <laughs> so I'm going to stalk them on Facebook and all that fun right. stuff. Very cool. November 30th at Ziggy's, Winston Salem, North Carolina, Queens of Combat Three. Jesse K will be there. Uh, Tessa Blanchard will be there. Mickey James will be there. Jessica Havoc and a host of other ladies. It should be a very exciting time. Laura will be there. I will be there. I will. I will be there. And we uh, look very uh, look forward very much to meeting you. What other mm-hmm. upcoming upcoming events do you have, Jesse, other than Queens of Combat Three? Sure. Well, uh, this coming weekend I have um, a triple shot in Maryland. Going back up there for Maryland Championship Wrestling. It's going to be a really great three shows of awesomeness. Uh, Lita, Ron Simmons, the Hardy Boys, uh, RVD over the three days. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that. And they don't say I'm excited about things often because they blow up in my face. But I'm excited, and I'll say. Uh, of course, Queen's Combat. And then also I'm going to be in Pennsylvania um, mm. December the 5th for a place called Vicious Outcast Wrestling, which was another place that really got me um, meeting the right people, making good connections, and um, actually met my future trainer there, Dizon, um, about uh, two years ago there. So um, that was a great place. It's a great place to work and fun. So a lot of great people there. Very cool. If if fans want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Uh, Twitter is at 
uh, Miss, M-S, and that's J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-Y-E. And then uh, Facebook.com slash Jesse K as well. Okay. And the last thing that we ask all of our guests to do, if you could record a little bump for us, if you could say something like, this is Jesse K, and you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Show or a variation therein of, it'd be really cool, and you could go whenever sure. you'd like. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jesse K, and you're listening to live from the Armory Wrestling Podcast. Keep listening. Jesse, thank you so much for being with awesome. us tonight. It was really cool to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You guys are civil people and don't ask silly, crazy, ridiculous, weird questions. <laughs> <laughs> not us. We've, not us. Not us. Jesse, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you at Queens of Combat. Sure do. Thank you, guys. See you then. Thank you. Have, happy All night. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> and there goes Jesse. Very cool. Very cool. Very impressed. Very, Very impressed yeah, with her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, uh, you know, when uh, when I was doing the show work on her, it just seemed like right from the get-go. I mean, they had cameras on her in training. You know, yeah. it was uh, yeah. through Diva Dirt. And then, uh, like I said, there was a local a newscast had came into Gilbert School. And she... Uh, I think part of it, is, you know, and what what she was talking about, you know, is that she's she's a real, you know, real genuine person, and I think that you know she is camera friendly. She has a nice smile, and she's just, she's very outgoing. She has a good personality. I mean, it just, you know, rarely do you see a lot of people just you know jump on somebody unless it's like you know someone famous. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. is a uh, very very cool. I'm glad I'm glad that Jesse was able to to be on the show for us. That that was uh that was pretty cool. I'm going to back up for a second, Laura, and I'm going to read off two indie events and then we'll carry forward. Uh NWA Smoky Mountain Saturday, November 15th, Elizabethton High School in Elizabethton, Tennessee with an 8 p.m. bell time. Huge night and opportunity as Chase Owens challenges NWA World Heavyweight Champion Rob Ironman Conway for the title. Uh, also appearing, Ricky Morton, the Heat Seekers, Jeff Conley, Vince Brett, and more. All that information can be found at www.nwasmokymountain.com. And as Laura would say, there's no E in Smokey. And Ring of Hi. Honor presents Glory by Honor uh, 13. Saturday, November 15th at the San Antonio Shrine Auditorium in San Antonio, Texas, 7.30 bell time. Ring of Honor champion Jay Briscoe will defend against San Antonio's own ACH. Also appearing, Jay Lethal, Red Dragon, Adam Cole. Maybe. Thank you. Christopher Daniels, B.J. Whitmer, Adam Page, and more. All that information can be found at www.rohwrestling.com. Yeah, Bob, we've got a couple of things we want to talk about, one of which is, you know, you had expressed your concerns regarding yeah. Miss Tessa Blanchard. You know, Absolutely. Uh, and her, you know, WSU appearance. She sent me a little message, you know, asking... 
you know, what was up with that. And I told her that, you know, you're you're just concerned that, you know, WSU was partnering with CZW that night. I was afraid that maybe some of the violence from CZW would spill over into WSU. Hashtag silence the violence. I only have Tess's best interests at heart, and it's like I said last week, just look at some of the crazies that run around WSU. Just look at them. I mean, LaFisto, Sassy Steph, she can get crazy. Don't trust anybody when you work at WSU, Tessa. That's all I'm saying. Um, You'll be fine. Just don't trust anybody. I just want to offer you a little piece of advice, and this is in general, not necessarily women wrestlers, but um, I wouldn't call women crazies. I'm just saying. Well, you want me to call them cray-cray? Um, I, would, I would just say, you know, that there are some women who are... Um, Unstable? I, yeah, I think unstable is it's not the best word in the world, but it's it's better than crazy. Uh, you know, this is just advice from, you know, a woman to you. So I'm just, you know, just saying. I'm glad um, that you I'm glad that you're looking out for me and maybe I should rephrase it. Tessa, when you're in WSU, watch out for the crazy women that are running around there. And he can be reached at, at Bob Delt. Uh, on Twitter and Bob Delf the second on Facebook for any comments, um, videos or any remarks, uh, you know, lashing out at him for those remarks because uh, cray, see, I cray. never anything to do with it. Cray, yeah, because women love to be called cray cray Bob. Uh, how long have you been married? <laughs> I've been married for uh, 23 years by not using that word around my wife. Exactly. So just saying, um, on an upbeat note, I would like to talk about Jake Manning releasing the first two minutes of the upcoming Freight Train documentary on you. I am so excited to get my copy of that because I backed the project on Kickstarter. Um, yeah. So, so excited and sorry I've got to plug up my phone because it's about to die. About to die. First Hashtag first world problems. Um, yeah. You know, it's just so great. It was such. Jack Manning knows what he's doing because there's freight train. He's washing dishes at his mm-hmm. job, and then there's like you know two three thousand people at WrestleCon cheering for him. Right. You know, and it's just like <laughs> that's a dream come true, folks. Right there. Someone who wanted to be a wrestler, who people made fun of him, wouldn't allow him to be in their locker room, who just wanted to wrestle. Mm -hmm. You know, he he just wanted to wrestle. And Jake Manning is, I'm telling you, such a great guy for giving Freight Train the opportunity to wrestle in $5 wrestling. And if, I'm sorry, you may not like $5 wrestling and its premise, but if you don't like Freight Train... I'm going to go on the record and say there is genuinely something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. You know, and and we've talked about this before. You know, I, I, I don't know for, for whatever reasons, you know, a lot of fans have this preconceived notion that, 
you know, wrestlers are making a ton of money, you know, this, that, and the other. There are very few people that are working the independent scene that are that are making bank and that is their sole source of income. Most of them are, you know, have regular shoot jobs, you know, during the day and, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, they wrestle and ultimately the goal is, you know, to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, there are a few guys <coughs> excuse me, there are a few guys and girls that uh can say that they rely solely on independent bookings that as that as their job. You right. Know, large majority Cole of Cabana them I would say ninety six yeah. I I can yeah, Cole Cabana's one, Matt Hardy's another, uh Cliff Compton. Cliff Compton. You know, there there are a few. But there are not many. No. You know, the the the, the many far away outweigh the few. And uh you know, we've talked. We've had the pleasure of, of talking to Freight Train. You, you've met Freight Train. I've met Freight Train. Had the opportunity to talk to him, and, and, and exactly what Laura said. Irregardless of how you feel about five dollar wrestling or the type of product that five dollar wrestling is, Freight Train has done more for wrestling in that particular genre, in that particular promotion than what some ham and eggers will do for an entire career. Mm-hmm. Brings a lot truly, of positivity. Absolutely. Truly one of the most genuine, nicest people that is walking around on the planet today. He has no filter. Mm-hmm. He is freight train. He is who yeah, he, he is. And, you know, if... He meets you and remembers you. I mean, you're in his head for life because mm-hmm. I met him uh, the night before WrestleCade last year. Had uh, it was uh, having dinner with him and and Jake Manning and, and Josie and Zane Riley and the owner of High Spots, Michael. And uh, I saw him the next day, and I was like, "Hey, Freight Train, you remember me? Yeah, you're Laura from last night." Mm-hmm. And and I saw him at like five dollar wrestling, and he remembered exactly who I was. I got my autograph. He, I didn't have to tell him who I was. He wrote out my name, and he was just, you know, such a genuine person. And you know, if you don't like him, I think you've got like the Grinch's heart. And I know mm-hmm. we're coming up on Christmas, and that's kind of a sliding that in there, but yeah, I think you got problems. I think you got big problems if you don't like Freight Train. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Freight Train has a, has a heart of gold, and I, and I did see the first two minutes of the documentary. Honestly, can't wait to see the rest of it. I, I, I think that it'll be very well done. I think it'll be tasteful, and I think it'll provide some insight into, uh, for people that, that aren't aware of Freight Train and, and maybe not aware of $5 Wrestling or you know, just... Uh, you know, and his story, a, and his story, you know, the desire that he had, you know, and uh, should be pretty cool. And hopefully, my stuff, because I was there at Elkin uh, when they were shooting that documentary. I'm hoping my comments made it to the DVD. I got my fingers crossed. Let's um, find out. Oh Lord, Adam Cole wins Survival of the Fittest, <laughs> and will face Jay Briscoe at Final Battle. <laughs> For the Ring of Honor title. I hate you, Bob. You need to go to Bollywood. What? Bollywood, Bob. I should, but, you know, I've had several offers. 
you know, that other than other than this podcast. What, to make creepy uncle, crinkle, a creepy uh, could, uncle, Hollywood Bob. And we're not going to get into that. To be, uh, <laughs> to actually have some starring roles, some appearances in Bollywood movies, and I and I told one of our partners, uh, Ryan from FNXNetwork.com, that I would turn down those offers if we could get a contract extension on the website through 2016, and we've hammered out that deal. It's a uh, it's a five figure deal, and it all has zeros in it, which is more than what I would make if I went to the Bollywood and made movies. So you know, it's uh it, it all worked out for the good. But let's get back to Adam Cole, because I know that Baby. George Coles is a fan of the yes is a fan of this show, and him and I had a lengthy conversation uh, after the Michael Elgin incident. I believe that Adam Cole will beat Jay Briscoe and win the Ring of Honor title. Um, I think Jesus. that Ring of Honor. What? Nothing. What? Go ahead. Okay. I right. believe that Adam Cole will beat Jay Briscoe for the title. Uh, I think that I think that there has been a void uh, at the Ring of Honor title position. I, I I feel like the ship is just kind of wandering, and it's wandered uh, since uh, Michael Elgin had won the belt. You know, George and I talked about this at length about timing. It just seems like Ring of Honor yeah. time. It's just completely off as to when to push people and when to put the strap yeah. on people. Because, Jay, let's be honest with about this. Anybody could have been in the ring with Michael Elgin and they would have won the belt that night, all things being equal. Why Why put it well, on Jay Briscoe? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's just transition. I, I will agree with you there. Uh you know, and and George and I have had this talk at length as well. If if Ring of Honor was smart, they would put the belt on Cedric Alexander here pretty soon, because Cedric is a rising star, and I I really think he would be great as Ring of Honor champion. I really really do. Uh, this could be a segue into a good program. I, I think I think so too. I think I think Adam probably will be the next one, you know. But I think, you know, sometime in 2015, I think you're going to see Cedric Alexander if he keeps on the traject the trajectory he is on. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be Ring of Honor champion. Um, it might be late 2015, might be really late 2015 into 2016. But I really think that's where it, that's where Cedric is headed. I really do. And wanted to say hello to Ken Bruschi and my favorite person in the world, the Tommy Thomas, because they're listening on the way to training. Hey, fellas, appreciate you listening. And um, put you over earlier, Tommy. Just wanted to let you know that. And I can't wait to see you, worst case scenario, at uh, WrestleCade. Speaking if I were, of WrestleCade, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, we're on the road to WrestleCade. We are on the road to WrestleCade. And I'm excited. I'm so excited. We've got our new T-shirts. We're going to wear those to WrestleCade. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of great stuff happening at WrestleCade. Your son's excited, which is a really hard thing to do to nowadays get a teenager excited about anything. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's it's a good thing, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's been deep behind enemy lines playing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. And no, we're not oh, getting Lord. any money from Activision or anybody off of that, or Sledgehammer Games or whoever. Uh, he, he's he's been firing off spectacular hip shots and all that other junk. But 
Yeah, you know, there are a few wrestlers that, that have piqued his interest, you know, one of them being Sabu, which I put out on social media. He is really looking forward to meeting Sabu. Um, so that that should be pretty cool. And because we're on the road to WrestleCade, we'll go on and announce next week's guest. Next week's guest joining us to talk about WrestleCade will be none other than Mr. Tracy Myers himself. Yes. We'll be here to talk to us about WrestleCade and the massive undertaking that it is to put on a show that, from what I believe, will have an attendance of over three thousand people. Uh, mm-hmm. It should be uh, should be pre- yeah, it should be pretty cool. Uh, we will get to talk with Tracy about that and a few other projects that he's got going on. And our second guest that we're going to have on next week, and I'm pretty excited about this. We came across I came across her by accident. And I'll have to tell her that next week. When doing show work, doing show prep for Ruby Rays, I came across some pictures of a wrestler that really caught my eye. Now, I don't know if it was a combination of Halloween or, or her ring attire, but the yes, pumpkin queen. Yes. The mm-hmm. pumpkin queen, Sage Sin Supreme, will be met with us next week. Uh female deathmatch wrestler and has probably one of the coolest looking ring gimmicks that I've seen in a long, long time. And I don't want to get carried away and, and give away too much, but I think we're in for a real treat, you know, no pun intended, uh, with the Pumpkin Queen, Sage Sin Supreme. She'll be with us next week as well as Tracy Myers. So that should be pretty cool. We'd like to... Uh, like to thank our guest Derek Vanderford for being on. We'd also like to thank Jesse K for being on. It was really cool to have them on the show. We remind everybody to please check out our partners www.fnxnetwork.com and our other partner www.ssclothing.com. So please uh please click on their website and take a look at their stuff. I think you guys will be uh pleasantly surprised. Do you have uh, anything else that you wanted to add, Laura? Actually, I do, because uh, the Tommy Thomas just tweeted out, did at Circle Sky just give me a shout-out on at from the Armory? Hashtag I want a shirt. Hashtag she's smarter than Bob. <laughs> we're never going to dispute, we're never going to have a, a, a full breakdown, Tommy, of, of who's... Uh, brain capacity is larger than the others. And if you want a shirt, you can I'll give you some advice on how to do that. You can go to www.sslclothing.com and click the link. Everybody wants something for freaking free. Yeah, we love you Tommy. <laughs> Everybody wants something for free. <clears throat> Unbelievable. We we'll go broke giving away shirts. <laughs> As if we are already, right? If we aren't already broke, the show budget sits at sixty-three cents, and they want us to give away shirts. Anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Folks, we thank you for tuning in wherever you're tuning in at, and however you're listening to us, whether it's on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes or on FNXNetwork.com. We appreciate all the support that you guys have shown us. We'll be here next week, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Lori, you got anything else? 
No, I just want to say thanks to everybody for uh, making us at 19,000 downloads. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Folks, we'll be here next week. Please join us 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. Listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, Please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.